Welcome to the One Stop Shop, a weekly podcast that helps ambitious e-commerce entrepreneurs learn from the best. Brought to you by Convergio. To learn more about managing all of your tools, channels, and strategies from one dashboard, visit Convergio.com. On this episode, you will learn the benefits of using referrals to gain new clients from our interview with Kai Davis. Kai Davis is a marketing consultant and founder of KaiDavis.com, where he shares actionable articles on how to get more customers without spending more on marketing. In this episode, we talk about how you can get referrals to gain new customers. Hey Kai, how are you? Doing well, excited to uh, chat with the two of you. Same here, thank you. All right, tell our listeners a little bit about you and what you do. Absolutely. So my name is Kai Davis. I wear a couple of different hats. One of them is the owner and director of e-commerce optimization for an e-commerce consulting agency, W E-commerce. I also write and create training products for freelancers and consultants on how to grow their business without spending more on marketing at kaidavis.com and send out a, a daily email on freelancing and consulting available at kaidavis.com forward slash daily. Excellent. All right, so today's topic, we're going to be talking about using and driving referrals to gain new customers. Is it dramatically more affordable to get a referral from an existing customer than to acquire a new customer? Yes, it is. It is on the order of, I think, 60 to 70% more affordable, both when you analyze it from the perspective of getting a repeat purchase from an existing customer and getting a referral to a new customer from an existing customer. Too often, we, I think, ignore our existing customers at great peril because it's more affordable to restart that relationship or generate a second sale from that existing relationship. And likewise, we could use that existing relationship to say, can you think of two or three other customers who would be valuable or would benefit from what we're selling here and use those existing relationships to generate new relationships through relationship-based marketing or referral-based marketing? Speaking of referrals, if let's say we want to generate more referrals, what specifically can we do um, in terms of strategies within marketing to improve that? I think the first and most important strategy is simply documenting what you're already doing, even if it's really nothing or if it's just a haphazard happenstance. We ask for referrals sometimes when the moon is. It's a full moon and it's a Thursday. We ask for the referral then. Even if it's just a very, very ad hoc system for asking for a referral from your customer or your client, by documenting it, by creating it, uh, by turning it into a standard operating procedure, that makes it easier for you to then optimize on it. Since instead of saying, okay, what was the thing we did and how do we improve it? You now have a living document that you could go to, that you could iterate on, that you could improve on. But beyond documenting, documenting what you already have. I think the key really is the sort of 80-20 is if you want to get more referrals, you need to start asking for more referrals. And to ask for a referral could be as simple as reaching out to satisfied customers or past customers and clients and saying, I'm curious, do you know of anybody else who would benefit from this product or this service? It could also be segmenting your list just to customers who are the most prolific in buying, the people who buy more and more often at a higher price from you, and reaching out to these best buyers and saying, well, I'm curious, you're one of our better customers. Who do you know out there who would also be a good customer or you think would benefit from the products that we're selling? So just by having a standard process of reaching out to people at designated times, it could start jumpstarting this referral-based process. 
uh, when you say designated times, is there any, um, I, mean, I don't want to say formula, not to make it sound too clinical, but how do you know when it's like a good time and, and space and even person to contact to ask for, for referrals so that you don't overwhelm them or start asking too much too soon in a mm-hmm. relationship with the customer? That's a good question. I think that there's a couple sort of life points or points in the life cycle of a customer that are more valuable than others. Right after purchase, people are the most engaged and the most excited about your brand, the most excited about the product they just purchased. So right after a purchase event could be a wonderful time to reach out and say, hey, you just bought this thing. Can you think of anybody else who would be a good fit or anybody else who is experiencing the same problem that led you to buy this product? Likewise, once somebody has received their order or had a week or two to experience the order or has left a review, any sort of milestones that you could define in that customer or hero's journey. Okay, they've placed an order, they've received the product, they've left a review, they've given us feedback. These could all be excellent points to say, wow, you had an incredibly great experience with this product. Do you know anybody else who would be a good fit or do you know anybody else who would benefit from this product itself? Am I explaining that well? Yes, absolutely. No, I think that's a very good point. Actually, that's one of the things we do at Convergio is that we always recommend that, first of all, using upsells in the receipt, because just like what you said, when somebody has just made the order, when they just paid, they're most engaged with your business. Um, You're still in their mind. You're still a fresh company. They're interested in you. They just purchased something from you. So it's a great time to connect with them. And then also repeat customers, people who have made more than one purchase that tells you a lot that they really love the product and those are great people to ask for referrals. Entirely. I think repeat customers are one of the most valuable assets any business could have because if somebody is willing to spend money on your product and then come back a second time and spend more money on your product or a different product, they're demonstrating such a high level of engagement and such a high level of appreciation for the services or products that you're offering. Well, it makes natural sense to reach out to them and say, well, hey, you're one of our best customers. Thank you so much for helping support our business. I'm curious, do you have any colleagues that would benefit from this? Or do you know of anybody else who is experiencing the same problem that you're experiencing? And because you're best customers are coming back multiple times to order already, it becomes a natural conversation to bridge from, hey, you've placed orders multiple times, that's wonderful, to who else do you know that would benefit from this? Who else should we be in conversation with? What about giving incentive to those people or to their friends? I found that incentive-based campaigns for referrals can either work very, very well or not work very well. And what I've taken away from that is is something that's valuable to test with a defined timeline to see if it increases sort of the number or the quality of referrals you generate. An example of sort of an incentive-based campaign could be saying, well, hey, if you refer a customer to us and they make a purchase, you get this free gift or you get this coupon code or you get this additional asset, something of value for them to incentivize that referral connection. But in some cases, it can work very, very well and create almost a viral loop. They refer three people to you. They refer another three people each. They refer another three people each. And you have this dramatic growth. In the software space, we can look at Dropbox, where they had an incentivized referral program. Hey, invite your friend. Tell them about Dropbox. And you get an additional, I think it was 500 megabytes of storage space. And it worked extremely well for them to grow their user base because people were very incentivized to share Dropbox with their friends. 
for another type of business or an e-commerce business or just a different market, it might be you test a similar strategy and discover, well, hey, this isn't incentivizing people or this isn't encouraging people to make those referrals. I don't think in that case it's necessarily it's necessarily that the campaign was a failure. It was just a learning experience. Oh, okay, our audience isn't responding to this type of incentive. Should we test another type of incentive or should we look at a different strategy to generate more referrals to get more customers and clients? How do you know if it's not showing any signs of future success or if just having given it enough time uh, or you like it just needs a little more adjustments? Like, how do you basically track the performance of, let's say, if I created a campaign and I want to I want to encourage my customers to refer their friends and I'm not getting the response that I want? Right. They're, they just don't seem interested. What are the first steps to start tweaking? Or if you have no idea why the customers are not responding and, and, it, and, and I would think in that case, it wouldn't make sense to ask the customer, hey, why aren't you interested in the offer I've just given you? Because if they're not moved by that, then they're probably not engaged enough to answer the question. Maybe I'm making too many assumptions, but <laughs> you catch the point. I love the point. And actually, on that last point, I, I actually take the different track where if we present the customer with some referral incentive and they aren't engaged by the incentive, I think it is an opportunity to reach out and say, well, hey, we're just curious here. You know, we have this referral program. We're offering X. Uh, we noticed you didn't refer anyone. You're, could you tell us a little bit about why? And we might discover that there's an objection there that we didn't anticipate. Oh, I can't really think of anybody who would make a good referral or, oh, it would take a lot of time to do this or, oh, what you're offering just isn't that valuable to me. You're offering me a 10% off coupon, but I only order every six months. So you're offering me the percentage off of a six month thing in the future. Those objections, once we surface them, can help us identify what we need to change about that referral incentive. It might be, it just doesn't align with what the customer is looking for, or we aren't providing the customer with enough information. One tactic I've recommended to a number of clients who are looking to implement referral-based strategies in their business is to essentially prime their customers with instructions on how to think of referrals. So when they present that post-purchase ask and say, well, hey, we'd love to be referred to other people, I'll have them include one to two paragraphs of how exactly to generate a list of potential referrals. Block out 20 minutes on your calendar. Get a pen and a piece of paper. Write down, just brainstorm, like business owners you know who are experiencing this problem or in the same industry as you. Okay, great. That's your referral list. Now, you know, email us and connect them or send them this link. And so by making sure we're laying out the steps for them, not leaving any unknowns or, well, exactly how do I do that? in that process, we make it easier for people to generate those lists of referrals for us. And so there's, I think, two parts to it. Like you touched on, it might be that the incentive we're offering just isn't attractive to them. In that case, I think reaching out and saying, hey, what is it exactly that's not attractive or what would be more attractive would work perfectly. If it turns out people are getting stuck at the step of figuring out exactly who to refer to you, then educating them and priming them on how to develop that list could be the most valuable strategy to follow because then it's teaching them how to generate referrals for your business. Can we just segue into that a little bit? Like what is the actual process? So I'm a business owner. I'm interested in what you're talking about, but I really have no place to start. Practically speaking, kind of step by step, what are some of the common or more successful systems that you use? Absolutely. Uh, tell me a little more about what type of business that would be. Uh, just paint just a short verbal picture for me about what type of business this would look like. Um, I'm a small to medium sized e-commerce business. I have an established market and it's I'm doing fine. I'm taking care of my bills, but I'm looking for some more substantial growth. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In that case, I'd say the first step, so you want to get started with referrals. You want to see if you could use your existing customers to generate more sales or more new customers or leads for your business. First, segmenting your past customer list and identifying who the most frequent customers are, who has the highest repeat order frequency, who has spent the most money in your store over the last year, three years, five years. This, in my mind, is your platinum segment of customers. These are your best buyers. So we want to approach them first with any campaign because they're the most engaged and the most interested. So first step, I take your list of customers, be it an email list, be it your list of customers through your uh, point of sale system, whatever it may be, take that as a data source and start refining it and see, well, who exactly are my best customers? Then reach out to them and say, hey, we're starting to launch a referral campaign. Here are some details. And that referral campaign, there's a lot of different ways you could take it in. It could be incentivizing it with a coupon. It could be incentivizing it with a free product. It could be just letting them know, hey, we encourage you to share this with your friends if they're experiencing something similar. So there's a lot of different tactical ways you could approach creating a referral campaign. What I personally have liked the most, and this comes from my work with bloggers doing blogger outreach and reviews, is helping set up a discount campaign for that referral. So if I know that my best customers come back every three months to make a new purchase, okay, excellent. Let's see if I could incentivize that and generate a referral. I know that these people most likely are going to come back in three months and place a second order. So I could say, hey, so happy to see that you ordered from us. You're one of our best customers. By the way, we offer a referral program. If you refer anybody to our store and they end up making a purchase, we'd be happy to send you a 10% off or a 20% off coupon essentially starting with a coupon as the incentive for the referral and then seeing what the reaction from your best customers is. Are they excited by it? Are they sort of meh about it? And from there, iterating on what that incentive is through conversation with them, understanding through this market research, well, what exactly would be exciting to them or get them motivated to share the product or share your store with their colleagues or their network? Okay, cool. I think what you're saying, definitely the, the second half of that in terms of how to engage them um, makes sense. Do you have any tips specifically on identifying the best customers? Because it seems like the obvious one is revenue, but I'm assuming revenue wouldn't be the only factor. How, how would you give me advice in, in terms of that segment of it? Absolutely. So I think the most important things to look at would be revenue, obviously, order frequency, how often are people purchasing from you? And how recently has somebody bought from you? Since you might have a customer who's bought 10 times and spent, let's say, $15,000 with your store or with your business, but they haven't placed an order for two or three years. And so they're slightly out of date. So I think you want to look at both altogether revenue, number of purchases that they've made, and how recent their most recent purchase was. So you're able to understand overall, okay, what are the different factors that add up to these being potential referral sources? So oftentimes, when I'm working with a store, we'll just do a dump of their order history, and then in Excel, start building out a model and say, okay, how can we segment this to the people who have ordered the most recently, who have ordered multiple times, who have spent you know, in the upper 20% of the revenue range for our store. And from that, we're able to start identifying, okay, this is the gold segment or the platinum segment. These are the people who are ordering more frequently at a higher price point and more often. What about the the flip then? If that's maybe for the established, what if I'm a young or a new business and I really don't have that many customers yet? I might not have enough data for whatever reason to be able to determine um, that these people are good prospects for referrals or not. Then what do I do? 
I think in that case, one of the most valuable tactics you could employ would be to delegate this to your email marketing system and have it set up so when that purchase comes in, have it automatically send an email off to the buyer and say, hey, thanks so much for ordering. By the way, we always appreciate referrals. Here's a page on our site that talks about how to refer somebody to our store. And then within your email system, just so you don't have to do it manually for every order, a week later, three weeks later, when the order is received, have additional emails go out that provide more value, but always contain some mention of you accepting referrals, who your ideal referral is, who your ideal customer is, the best way to direct them to your store. Just so if you're a newer, less established store and you're starting with a smaller customer base and you don't have this archive of data to use, approach every customer that comes through the door with that ask of, hey, do you know anybody who would be a good fit? Do you know anybody who would make sense for the products we're selling here? And see what the response is. And from that, I think you're able to start collecting data on which types of customers do generate referrals or do generate a positive response. And in a sense, this becomes more market research. Now we're able to understand, oh, okay, this segment of customers or people who bought these types of products are more likely to refer people to us. And that could inform your overall referral strategy. Okay. And then the last one I have of this vein, mm-hmm. what would you give for advice for the differences between, say, if I'm a product-based business versus if I'm a consultant or a service-based business? Good question. I think it's, it's, a, it's a very, very good question. So I'm pausing for time as I consider it. With a product-based business, there often is a lifespan for the product. So I'm looking at uh, my Vornado Vortex fan right now, and I've had this for four and a half years. It's moved to Hawaii and Portland with me, and it's still a wonderful, wonderful fan. And I love it, but I've never placed a repeat order for it because, well, it's a product that has a longer lifespan. So if a store was looking at my customer history, they'd say, oh, Kai's only ordered one time. So with products, we have a lifespan of the product that might impact whether somebody comes back and orders a second time, which would impact our analysis of who our best customers are. With a service-based business, we don't necessarily run into that challenge. Once we complete a service-based engagement with a client, then we're able to propose a new engagement or a new opportunity and follow up and see if there's something we could do to help them grow their business. So with a service-based business, I think you could be a little more, let's say, assertive or aggressive or uh, speedy when it comes to asking for referrals to other customers because in the service-based world, it's easier to say, oh yeah, I know somebody who's experiencing that same problem or, oh, we need help solving a similar problem in our business. Can you help us work on a second project? So I think in both cases, what's important is having a procedure that you follow through to ask for those referrals or engage in those conversations. In the product world, it differs a little bit based on how long a customer uses your product or how long it takes for somebody to gain trust in your brand or receive the product and then say, oh, wow, I love this and I'm willing to recommend it. In the service-based world, you're typically asking for that referral on project completion. And so by that point, the client has already built up that trusted relationship with you. So it's easier for them to say, oh, yes, we love working with you. I could see who you work best with. Let's make a recommendation or a referral to somebody who would be a great fit. I'm thinking of another another one right now, but I, I don't know if it's going to work for everyone. But for those who can and want to use affiliate programs, how do you feel about that? I'm a big fan of affiliate programs, and I think that they can work really well. The downside is 
it's almost like an 80-20 or a 90-10 rule when it comes to affiliate programs. You might launch an affiliate program and have 100 people join, and 90 of those 100 will generate a dollar in revenue for your business. It's only the remaining 10% or 10 affiliates out of those 100 that will actually produce substantial gains for you in your business. So for an affiliate program to be successful, you sort of need a convergence of a number of different elements. You need a specific volume of people entering the program. If you only have two or three people in your affiliate program, it won't really generate those referrals you need. You also need an affiliate manager or a relationship manager, somebody who's working with the affiliates to help them identify opportunities to promote your brand, to promote your product, to promote your service. And that requires a dedicated internal resource. So I've worked with a number of stores who have said, we really want to use affiliates to grow our business. And I've said, that's a wonderful growth channel. The stage in sort of the life cycle of a store where it makes the most sense is beyond where you are right now. Instead, what might make sense is pairing the mechanics of an affiliate program, paying a commission on referral to people who already have established audiences and focusing on blogger outreach to build relationships with people who already are talking about the types of products that you sell or talking to the types of buyers that you sell to and saying, well, hey, is there an opportunity for you to review our product? We have an affiliate program. We'd love to pay a referral for anybody that you refer to us that ends up making a purchase. Here's some other ways we could work together. So I think affiliate programs require a lot of maintenance to be done correctly, but they could be paired very, very nicely with a blogger outreach program where you're essentially hand selecting the people who are going to act as your affiliate or your brand representative who already have an established audience. And then you're able to say, okay, great. Here's a way for us to compensate you for working with us and reviewing our product. Here's our affiliate link. You'll get a percentage of any sale you refer our way. And so that's really the way I've seen affiliate programs work the best for smaller, medium-sized e-commerce stores who are looking to generate more referrals through an affiliate program or partnership. Focus on blogger outreach or outreach to people who already have an established audience and then move towards, okay, we have a critical mass of affiliates. Let's move towards having a dedicated affiliate manager to grow this even further. To me, it sounds like What you're saying is, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the price point here is very important, that that the person who's going to refer, in this case, the, the benefit that they're going to get out of it, it really has to be worth the effort for them. Exactly. I I think that's very, very important, both in terms of the price point of the products you're selling, if you're working on, say, a blogger outreach campaign, if you're sending a $3 fidget spinner to somebody, they aren't going to be very enthusiastic <laughs> about reviewing it. But there's also an element of social capital that's used up in any referral situation. And I think it's important to consider that from the customer's perspective as well. If you're asking them to refer three of their friends to your product, well, if they end up hating your product, but they refer to their friends over, it's going to be like a slight hit to their reputation with their friends. So you want to make sure that It's a high quality product that they're excited about it and they're receiving value that more than compensates them for the social capital they're spending on your behalf. What that value should be, that's hard to assess from the outside or the start of a campaign. What I found works best is having conversations with people who either are or are not engaging in your affiliate program or in a referral program, and then saying, okay, what would provide value to you? What would be interesting? And we could get into a whole debate or not debate, but a discussion on 
the pricing or how people value different aspects of something, but it might be that you approach people who aren't generating referrals but look like they're good candidates and say, well, what would make it valuable or worthwhile to you? They suggest a few things, and it might only cost you one, two, or three dollars per referral to generate this, whatever the asset is for the person giving you the referral, but to them, they value it at 20, 30, 50 dollars worth of value. So by having a conversation with the people who are generating referrals and understanding, well, what would make it valuable to you, you might identify, oh, oh, wow, we could provide them with something that's a very low cost of goods sold to us, but has a very high perceived value for them. And so now they feel, oh, wow, I get so much value out of referring somebody to this store. I'm going to refer all of my friends, all of my colleagues, because it's worth it for me in that way. So I think a conversation to understand the value that the referee is receiving is essential in any referral or relationship-based marketing campaign. Okay. What about... The referrals themselves, I mean, not the referrals, sorry, the affiliate relationships. I mean, mm-hmm. how, do you, how, do you, how do you find the right people for you so that you're not, like you said, you know, it's like a 90-10 or 80-20 rule. We don't want to be wasting 80% of your time pursuing people that are not really going to give you that many results. So um, how do you make it, how do you get leverage on this? Good question. What I typically do is look for affiliates. Typically, I'll look for established bloggers in my target market or who are reaching the target market the store is going after. Define established for us for a second. Sure. So uh, somebody who has been blogging for, let's say, two plus years, somebody who has a site that looks at, it's a lot of qualitative factors that I'd use to qualify the blogger or define an established blogger. They're using maybe a custom theme or a very nice premium theme. They have engagement, they have an email list, they have social media channels. They are treating their blog more than a hobby, more like a business or actually like a business. So there is effort being put into it. Quantitatively, a few signals that I look for are number of followers on different social channels and also number of sites linking to the blog. I'll use the metric of unique referring domains, unique sites linking to the blog as a way to see if they're on the smaller side, if they have under 100 uh, unique sites linking to them, or if they're on the larger side, more than 1,000 unique sites linking to them, and aim for that sweet spot in the middle between 100 and 1,000. Typically, those are established sites They have content coming out regularly, but they haven't grown to the point where they have numerous gatekeepers in place or a strict editorial calendar with a payment plan to have a product reviewed there. So I'll identify potential affiliates, bloggers, audience owners this way, see who makes a good match, and then take advantage of the fact that their posts are public and live. I'll want to look and see out of these bloggers I've identified, people who might be a good affiliate or a good referral source, who's already run campaigns like this in the past? And that just might be searching through their site for review or giveaway or any sort of product review related keyword and see, well, what posts come up? If I could see that somebody has once a month or once every two weeks done an in-depth review of some product and then given their recommendation that, oh, hey, you should go check it out over here. Here's a special coupon code exclusive for readers of this blog. I will immediately think to myself, oh, wow, this person is very qualified because they're demonstrating all the signals, all the signs I'm looking for. They have an established audience. They're used to doing these types of promotions. The quality of the content they're putting out is high. They're used to sharing, say, a coupon code with their audience. And so 
I'll take those signals and say, oh, wow, this person is very qualified. Let me start outreach to begin a relationship with them, sending an email and just opening the conversation, stimulating the conversation to say, hey, you know, I work with an e-commerce store or I run an e-commerce store and I'm interested in learning. Are you interested in working together on a collaboration or a sponsored post or a review post, something to share our product with your audience or something interesting about our product with your audience? And based on that, we'll start the conversation and either get a yes or a no of a response, and then we could grow from there. If we get a no back, we could explore why. Oh, it's not a good fit for my audience. Oh, hey, what about this product instead? If you get a yes, then we could explore the different ways we might be able to collaborate together. So of all these things that we have been talking about, just either the straight referrals or the affiliate marketing, is there a best place to start if I've never utilized this system before? I think the best place to start is... For the average store owner I'm envisioning, the best place to start is start with a referral-based campaign that's set up to automatically send to people who have ordered a product from you or is sent to them right after that purchase event just to start that process. Maybe it's as simple as saying, hey, you know what? Thanks so much for ordering. We'd love to do two things for you. We want to share a 10% off coupon with you for your next purchase. And we want to share a 10% off coupon for you to give to a friend if you think you have a friend that would be interested in the products we sell. And just presenting that with them and seeing, well, are we starting to get orders from this channel? Are we starting to see referrals happen? Are we starting to see these coupon codes used? It can be very easy to implement taking less than half a day in your email system to set this up, send the coupon code on a purchase, send a follow-up a couple of weeks later, reminding them of it, and then see what happens if people start ordering using those coupon codes. If not, you're able to review and assess whether it is working and what you can change and evolve it from there. Uh, one of the best referral-based or referral-incentivized marketing campaigns I ever received was a product I ordered off an Etsy store. It came, and in addition to the product I ordered, a nice little pin for my bag, there was a, a note card in there personally thanking me, and in it, it said, hey, by the way, here's a coupon code you could use for yourself and a friend, order any item in my shop, get free shipping and 10% off, and I was like, oh, wow. I wasn't thinking of making a second purchase yet, but now I have some incentive to do it. And if I have a friend who I think would enjoy these types of products, I'm not only able to tell them about the store, I'm able to share a unique gift code with them so they get 10% off their initial purchase. So I think starting with a incentivized referral campaign, just automatically sending it out through email or including it as part of your packaging with your product when you ship it out, either drop shipping or not, can be a wonderful way to get started with a referral-based marketing campaign and see if you could incentivize your existing customers to refer their friends to your store. Do you have a short list of other ways outside of monetary means to incentivize? Absolutely. You could feature customers as heroes or testimonials in case studies. Case studies and testimonials work as a nice way. Offering them a bonus or some additional product can work. Uh, featuring them on the website can work. Essentially, I think it boils down to you want to offer them something of value and what they define as being valuable can change from industry to industry or market to market. So it might be for one target market, they see a coupon code being the most valuable. For another, it's receiving an exclusive bonus. For another, it's being featured on the website. I have one colleague who has a leaderboard as part of his store, and he ranks the people who have referred the most clients to him, linking to their website and saying like, here's the leaderboard of the people who are the greatest referral sources for our store. And for him, it becomes almost a social competition within his established store where people are able to say, oh, wow, I'm fourth right now. I want to refer more 
more of my friends to move up on this leaderboard. So I think it comes down to understanding what your customers value and then presenting them with it. And to your point, it doesn't necessarily need to be a discount or be a monetary reward, but it does need to be something of value. And through a conversation with your customers, understanding what they do and do not value, you're able to hone in on the correct thing to offer as that incentive. This is cool. How about should referrals in general, this marketing method, take priority? Like, how should it rank? I'm a business owner. I'm sitting down to do my marketing plan. How should referrals rank against social and email and all these other places I can spend my time and resources? I think email should be the first and foremost marketing channel that stores focus on because when somebody purchases from you, that's the perfect opportunity to add them to, to your list and then nurture that relationship, build on that relationship and help take it to that next level, encouraging them to come back for a second, a third or a fourth order. So email should be number one. I think referrals play very well as a strategy if you're looking for a low cost strategy that you could implement in a semi or completely automated fashion to encourage people to refer their friends and colleagues to the store. So I'd rank it high if factors for a store owner include you have a limited budget, you have a limited amount of time, and you're looking for something that you could set, forget, and then check in on a month or two months later to see how it's running. I'd say further on down the list, because it's a little more time intensive, is the blogger outreach or building these relationships with existing audience owners. It could be very, very fruitful. It could be very valuable in terms of adding people to your list, getting more visitors or getting more orders, but it requires a lot more handholding and a lot more nurturing to develop the relationship to that point. So I'd say first and foremost, email marketing is the most valuable channel to pursue. Referrals would follow up from there. I think it's a valuable strategy to set up. Beyond that, later on down the list, I think then we start getting into blogger outreach or affiliate programs, and they're just lower on the list because it requires more maintenance to do correctly. Are there any circumstances where this referral marketing system doesn't work or that you've witnessed not work? Yes. I've seen it not work in industries where customers aren't comfortable talking about their product purchases with colleagues or friends. There was a story I worked with in the adult industry where we tried a referral-based campaign and it didn't work because customers just weren't very excited oh, about talking why. about uh-huh. <laughs> I said, oh, it's, for why. <laughs> exactly. Very select number of people. <laughs> the, the other market I'd say where it's not super valuable or where it might not work is if you have a low price point for your product, then the value that a referral can generate may be only in you know the teens of dollars before you have your cost of goods sold added into it. So if you're selling products at a lower price point, a referral-based strategy might not work. And it's honestly almost a coin flip when it comes to, let's say, a higher price product in the $500 or $1,000 plus pricing range. Then you have the social status of like, oh, wow, look at this exciting thing I bought. But if it's a higher price point, if it's something people are going to take a few months to consider before they make a purchase, the referral might not act to incentivize it in the right way. So I think the sweet spot really is you're selling a product between, or your average order value is between 50 and let's say 300 or $400, it's more likely that a referral-based campaign will incentivize people to place an order. If we're looking at a $5 product, uh, the amount of time and effort you put into this might not be rewarded or might not generate a return for your business. 
if we're looking at a multi-thousand dollar product, a referral campaign could get people thinking about it, but they might be very slow to move. So you might see that referral happen or manifest months after the initial purchase event, just because somebody will say, well, yeah, I have a 10% off coupon on the $4,000 purchase, but I'm still going to research all the options out there before I buy this new multi-thousand dollar thing. So there's a couple constraints there and criteria. I think that looking at what your average order value is, is one important factor. And then asking yourself additionally, do I see competitors or colleagues or similar businesses that are addressing this target market or selling a similar product approach a referral-based strategy? I often like to smoke test uh, new marketing campaigns by looking around and seeing, well, do I see other people offering the same strategy or using the same system? If I'm the first person to think of it or bring it to an industry, sometimes I'm a little more worried because, well, why am I not seeing anybody else use it? If I look around and see two or three other stores that are using referrals to at least appear to generate more customers, then I'm a little more confident in bringing it to my store, the client store, because I'm able to say, well, we can see competitors are using it. They've been using it for this time period. Okay, great. That's helping validate the theory that this will work for us. Let's test it and see how it performs. This is obviously a fascinating subject, and I'm sure that we could speak about it for hours and days. But what are some of your favorite resources, let's say top three, and I'm just picking a random number here, of books and or blogs that you would recommend um, for our listeners to learn more about referral marketing? Absolutely. I'd say to learn more about referral marketing, the top resources I'd recommend, the first one would be a book by Sean DeSouza. You could find it on Amazon. It's called The Brain Audit. And it talks about why customers buy and why they don't. And while it's not directly focused on referrals, it helps you understand the psychology of your customers, what elements need to be in place before they're comfortable buying. Because if people aren't buying, we're going to struggle to get them to then create a referral for us after that purchase event. So the first resource I'd recommend would be The Brain Audit by Sean DeSouza. I'm racking my brain on other referral-based resources. Uh, Let me take a quick look at my bookcase here. For service-based businesses, Million Dollar Referrals by Alan Weiss is a wonderful book that breaks down different aspects of referral-based marketing, but that's primarily for consultants or service-based businesses. For e-commerce-based businesses or product-based businesses, I could think of a couple of articles, but I can't remember their names off the top of my head. I'll email them to you after the show and we'll be able to include them in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Where can our listeners learn more about you and what you do? Absolutely. Uh, If the listeners are interested in following along, they could sign up for my free course on blogger outreach on how to build relationships with bloggers, established audience owners in your target market, and turn those relationships into promotional opportunities for your best products. You could visit bloggeroutreachcourse.com to sign up for that free course. And if you're interested in receiving a daily email from me about freelancing, consulting, and running an independent business, you could go to kydavis.com forward slash daily and sign up for that email newsletter there. Perfect. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, thanks, Kai. One Stop Shop is a production of Conversio. That Conversio's all-in-one dashboard run your marketing so that you have more time to run your business. Get started for free at conversio.com. On our next episode, we talked to Nick DeSabato on leveraging word-of-mouth referrals. This is an actual human in front of you, and you have to treat them with as much dignity and respect as possible and not waste their time. Think about it from that perspective. It helps inform a lot of the stuff that you're going to be writing for them because you make sure that you're getting to the point, you're recognizing that it's an imposition on their time, so you're approaching it with a degree of humility 
And that can be really valuable for ensuring that people kind of understand that you're a human and that coming from it from a humane place. More on the next episode. Ever wonder how your store ranks against others? You can learn more about your key metrics like revenue stats, product details, and customer data with Convergio's free tool, StoreGrader. Sign up for free at Convergio.com. This podcast was also made in production with my agency. We're all about strategic podcast marketing. And if you want to learn more, you can go to comealivecreative.com. Convergio, sell more, do less.